This is Brian Wampler with another episode of the Chasing Tone Podcast. The podcast where we generally talk about guitars and amps and effects as well as quite a bit of off-topic discussions. Joining me today is, again, Blake Wyland. If you don't know who he is by now, he runs another guitar podcast called The Tone Mob, where he interviews a variety of artists, creators, and gear builders. Today, we're going to discuss a few different things, but mainly we're going to talk about the Kirk Hammett and the Mrs. Smith wah-off. And uh, then, and stay tuned for that, and then also an article by Guitar World. And that article is called, The Biggest Threat to Guitar? Question mark. It could well be guitarists. How online hate endangers the instrument we love. So let's jump into it. Blake Wyland, how you doing, man? Oh man, we've got stuff to go over this week. We actually have uh, have some topics. Not so much an off-topic episode this week, I guess, huh? Yeah, sort of. Like it's, I don't know if it's a uh, it's necessarily like the main thing we're going to talk about. I don't know if it's necessarily tone related so much, but it's definitely guitar related. So Kirk that will be interesting, right? Yeah, I guess. Oh, I guess Kirk right. Hammett? You want to talk about that? Oh, I was going to get into, I was, I was going right for the serious stuff, but I guess we should go into the lighthearted stuff first. Yeah, do I, that. I, I don't, sure. Uh, so apparently, uh, Mrs. Smith and Kirk Hammett had a big wah-off. I don't know if you know, know what a wah-off is. But. Well, I, I, I don't, but I can assume. I can assume what a, a wah-off might be. Because they are both, uh, well, let's see. Kirk Hammett is uh, classically known as a wah abuser, but Mrs. He Smith said in walls. an interview that that she is uh, way more of a wah abuser than Kirk. So I haven't got to watch the video yet. I'm going to. I have hopefully, so, hopefully get to interview Mrs. Smith at some point, but we shall see. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to spill the beans. So if you don't know if you don't want to know how it works out, stop listening for 30 seconds. So Mrs. Smith basically beat the pants off Kirk Hammett, apparently. Oh, man. Just he, wad like crazy. She wad all over the place, and Kirk Hammett was, was uh, you know, he was the unforgiven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, he was seeked and destroyed. Man. Man, that is rough. Seeked and destroyed. I like what you did there. You see what I did there? That's see. I did. That's a song from Metallica. For mm-hmm. those who aren't familiar, uh, Metallica wrote a song called "Seek and Destroy" a while back. And, a little while back. A little while. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, so that's that's the wall news for today. <laughs> that's the. I didn't know there was going to be wall news, but there is wall news. <laughs> that's the wall portion of the podcast. Hey, this is this is episode two ninety eight, by the way. Oh, whoa! Two- we're nearing three hundred. Almost Whoa. to 300. We got to do something special for 300. This is Sparta. <laughs> I say we give, we give away, uh, you know, one of your guitars and one of your favorite amps for episode 300. What do you think? I say we give away all of your guitars for episode 300. <laughs> I think, you know, we want to do it. We got to do it right. Somebody's going to get every Telecaster that Brian Wampler owns. At least the ones that are located here in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> from my cold dead fingers <laughs> or whatever uh, now we do uh, I guess, so i have to think uh, i have to think up something really good because i think we should celebrate this 300 we, we didn't celebrate 200 that much other than saying oh cool and then 100 we thought we were going to quit yes. so we didn't we ended up not quitting for those who aren't 
sure yet. You haven't figured that out. Yeah, we didn't quit. Well, I wasn't there for 100. I came after 100. You were pre-100. Yep. Post-100. I'm sorry. Yeah, you were post-100. Post-100. I don't know which number it was, though, because I don't think, I don't remember if I came in immediately after 100. I feel like you might have done a couple other things. I don't remember now. I don't remember either. But 300, man. So I have to think of, uh, I have to think of something good to give away. Then we'll do yeah, like we'll, some big contest and, you know, fly someone out to your house to just hang out for the weekend, you know? Hey, if you're going to pay for it, I'd love to hang out with somebody for the weekend. You could cook them food, take care of them, watch their kids, you know, that sort of I thing. I would cook them food. That is one, I would do one portion of that. <laughs> <laughs> I would cook them a mean brisket. Oh, I would do that. You do have some brisket skills. I've I've been watching. You got some brisket skills with a Man, Z at the end. I don't I don't have many skills, but I I I can do I can grill up some meats. I'm pretty confident in that mm. at that at this point in my life. Right. Feel good about it. All right, so let's uh, let's transition a little bit. Abrupt transition to um, what we were actually going to talk about for today. Well, before we get into that, mm. I have a couple things. Sure. Um, one, I last week we celebrated the fact that I had received my first uh, YouTube troll, and it turns out that I didn't actually oh. receive my first YouTube troll. Was somebody it turns f- out uh. it was a listener that was poking fun at the fact that I always talk about how bad of a player I am, and he was like, "Hey," and then we hashed it out in the YouTube comments, and we realized that we were both had made mistakes. So <laughs> apologies to, I don't actually know their name. So apologies to that person. And I'm sure they're going to listen to this episode because they seem to be a very regular listener. And uh, we that's, kissed and made up. So I still fantastic. have to, I still have a ways to go before I get my first legit anonymous. YouTube well, if, troll. Well, if you need some, I got some extras. I don't want them. I should say, I don't actually want them. I would love it for it to continue. Like it has on Instagram where I, very, very troll free for the most part, but I just know that that's not going to happen. You're uh, you're more along the everybody love everybody type of thing, huh? Right. That's uh, I mean, that's everybody what I'm love about. everybody. E L E. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm about that for sure. I get that's, you. I get which you. actually does kind of tie into what we were going to talk about. A little bit, yeah. There was so, one other thing sure. that I wanted to talk about before we got into it, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, oh, it was uh. This is just a more of like a little uh, update, I guess, of a tone-related thing that happened to me this weekend. At uh, a venue called Holocene in Portland, there was a Stompbox and Synth exhibit. That's one thing I wanted to talk about. I forgot about that. And uh, there was a bunch of people there. Like, I think they did not anticipate the level of people that were there. The the, venue is not that big. It's not tiny, though. And basically from, you know, noon on, it was at capacity. And they had to be like, when somebody would leave, that's when they would let somebody in. Because it was lined up down the block. I would I would have to estimate there was probably, throughout the whole day, maybe 1,500 people, I was to guess, so that came I, to that thing. So I have to admit. In in these days, whenever you know beer viruses are going around, I don't know if I would. Uh, I mean, now that event is cool. I know what when you're talking about. That's it's a fantastic event. They do them in different cities, mm-hmm. but at this point in time, I'd have been a little scared because I don't want to get know, the beer, beer virus. 
everybody had the hand sanitizer and uh everybody brought their own guitar and uh well, that does help yeah and everybody brought their own headphones for the most part except for me because i forgot Ooh, so, you got the beer virus on your ears i got the beer virus on my ears i did i did put sanitizer on my ears when i was done been there so, done that yep. so yeah um yeah I, I I feel great, and that was on Saturday, so hopefully uh, I'm good. But yeah, everybody did bring their own guitars. It was actually, that's kind of a normal thing that that uh, Stompbox exhibit says, is like, bring your own guitars. But this time they were like, you really should bring your own guitars. <laughs> you really, <laughs> really need to bring your own guitar this, this yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. So it was, a, it was a little tight. I wish they had done it at a bigger venue, but again, I don't think they were planning on that big of a turnout but i can tell you portland has a lot of pedal people even uh when we went across the street to grab lunch uh the person at the counter was like what's going on there and i was like uh oh yeah it's a guitar pedal and, and synth expo and they were like oh i wish i could go <laughs> so it's like it's a pedal town man we we love our pedals here that's awesome sure. yeah in uh, indianapolis is kind of the same except it's not at all uh, oh uh, okay. So All like right. if, if you take the same sort of idea, but then flip it out of phase, mm-hmm. that's kind of a, like Indianapolis. Yeah. There's, gotcha. there's some people that like pedals, but it's not, not really catching on here that well. Hmm. Must be a, I don't know. Must be some sort of hipster thing. <laughs> I don't know. I, Cause I was one of the many hipsters in line <laughs> for the stunt box exhibit, but yeah, it was cool. So it does, anyway. uh, that does actually bring me to um, a topic that I saw on Guitar World. Now, okay. first of all, Guitar World, uh, we have to have a talk here. Because when I went to your site, I was beat up with advertisements. Like, literally thrown at me left and right. I'm closing windows down, and I'm like trying to get away from the ads so I can actually read the article. I get you're trying to make a living. I get it. I get it. I understand. In fact, I probably advertised on here somewhere as as well but i'm just saying it kind of makes it hard whenever i'm trying to read an article and the ads just stack up so much that i have a little you know one by three pixel window that i can try to read it (laughs) yeah i get it i definitely understand how the the media biz is these days but that does get a little bit uh there's a there's a level, you know, there's a level that we we need to try to achieve to right. where the content is still visible. I, I would that's I would equate, I would equate it to like this podcast, for example. Imagine if every 15 seconds we had an ad that lasted five seconds. Hey, everyone. Purell. <laughs> Use Purell hand sanitizer. Exactly. It would be sort of just like that. This podcast sponsored by Don Dish Soap. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, you know that's it really would be kind of like and this podcast is sponsored by corona beer corona (laughs) beer for all your virus needs (laughs) hey everyone by the way if you i seen a thing or oh yeah i'm not supposed to say that i saw a thing because my english is very bad that said that corona has experienced a decline in uh, my my voice is not working today. Is experiencing a decline in sales. Yes. Because some people think that that's actually how it's happening. I that's don't know. Not how it works. I don't know that's if it's true, but works. somewhere I read it was like 40% of people think that it was, that the virus is related to beer. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. 
no. I mean, I'll joke about it, but but let's be real. Right. It's not from the beer. It's not. Now, Brian and I are not health experts, but it's not from the beer. Right. Yeah. From what I can tell, it's not at all. So anyways, okay. So this Guitar World article that I was getting to until I got beat up with ads. Mm -hmm. Um, Brought to you by, oh, sorry. (laughs) Uh, The biggest, so here's the headline. The biggest threat to the guitar? Question mark. It could well be guitarists. How online hate endangers the instrument we love by Michael Astley Brown six days ago. You want to sum this up? Uh, I did read through it, but do you want to give an overall high-level view type thing? Well, it's basically about why we ended up with a culture of play-a-hater, not play, sorry, player-haters and what we can do to change it. Um, basically, it's kind of about we all need to stop hating on each other. I mean, if you, whatever, imagine going anywhere on the internet to talk about stuff, uh, especially in the guitar world, and imagine what it would be like if the majority, well, a huge majority of posts are sarcastic or negative in nature, which is kind of like what the internet's like right now. Right. So not just on guitar. Stuff, not just a guitar, yeah. but but yeah. So it's it's basically you're hurting playing guitar. You know, I mean, we all we all complain about how rock guitar or guitar in general is dying. Don't make it worse. That's that's kind of the whole synopsis of the whole thing. I can read the whole thing if you want. Well, I think that's probably a good enough. We can revisit bits and pieces, one of which I I thought was was particularly uh, relatable or I think everybody can understand what they're getting at. There was the part where they were talking about. Um, they posted an article on how to tune drop D by ear. And the comments that they got from that, um, not all of them, obviously, but it was it was pretty negative. Uh, let's see if I yeah. can scroll through I, I'm and actually, find where that was. I'm actually there right now. So here's, here's okay, a couple of comments. It. People who need instructions on this can hand in their guitar now. Another comment was, part of being a good guitarist is being able to tune your guitar. If you can't do that, go play tennis. There's enough hacks out there. And yet another one. If you can't tune to drop D by ear, please stop playing. Seriously. Guitar World, please stop posting this garbage. So, now I understand the sentiment, and you and I have talked about many times how we're like, we don't want to talk about true buff or, or true bypass versus buffered bypass again. Uh, you know, and all that stuff. But at the same time, somebody showed you how to drop D at one point. Right. I remember when I was like 13 and somebody showed me to drop D and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I may never have found it. I mean, well, I guarantee you I never would have found it if I hadn't read about it or someone showed me it somewhere because everyone just learns standard tuning and that's what it is. So I think we tend to forget that there's new players entering the space all the time who are just learning. Like they're just now learning and a one really good experiment to do to like remind yourself of how difficult it is to get even moderately proficient at guitar. Try playing it with your other hand, whatever hand dominant you are. Yeah. Try playing it with your other hand. Switch, switch sides. Right. And you're going to be like, oh yeah, wow. This is what it was like when I first tried to make a G chord. Right. It, It was hard. And even then you're approaching it with knowledge that many others don't. Coming into it, mm-hmm. you're like you know exactly. how to you know how to play the chords, you know the scales, you know how to play different songs. You just physically can't do it. <laughs> yeah, 
now, so imagine- now just, it, it's a good it's a really good exercise i did it a yeah. few months ago just to like just to try it and i know the guitar is upside down and blah 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 but again i knew what i was trying to achieve and i still couldn't make my fingers do it that's what it's like to be a beginner for most people so man ease up people just ease up we all start somewhere right yeah i mean there was a couple things they pointed out which i thought was really interesting um so uh, I'm going to have to read a little bit. How, the question is, how do guitarists come to resent other guitar players so much? First off, we're taught to be a bit snobbish from the outset. It's the reason why we spend hours perfecting our vibrato, why our living rooms resemble postal service sorting depots in our quest to <laughs> capture that perfect tone. Uh, yeah, my my uh, my room looks a lot like a music store. I have so much gear. So I get it. Uh, another is self-esteem. From strumming your first chords to nailing a perfect arpeggio, sweeping arpeggio, and monstrous use of the wah. Actually, I just added that part in. Um, playing guitar is artistic, and it means we put a lot of ourselves into our performance. It also means we can feel extremely vulnerable, when we, and that's why we lash out when we feel threatened. And then another one, which is interesting. Recent studies find that 73% of independent musicians suffer from mental illness that's one study. And another study says musicians are three times more likely to be depressed than other groups. That is a very interesting statistic. Now, I only dug into the one that said 73% because uh, I was like, okay, that seems pretty high. Like, that seems really high. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily contesting the fact that, that it's true. I just wanted to go dig a little more into it and yeah it was done by a was it a swedish company i have to pull that back up again i think it was i think uh, it's what it was, yeah consequence yeah. of no that's the it was on that, consequence of sound.net but that that they just posted about that i don't think they yeah did the study it was a swedish company well where'd it go why can't i get back to that article so fun everyone wants to hear me scrolling through well, my phone i guess it's not you're, that important you're also having uh, internet issues today so oh, don't remind me I'm trying not to think about it. It's so frustrating right now with an internet based business. It gets very frustrating right. when your internet is faulty and you pay for it. Swedish. Yeah. Swedish distro did. Blah, 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 blah. Let me try that again. Cause that didn't come out right. Swedish digital distribution platform Re record union. That's the name of them. Surveyed 1500 musician participants earlier this year and found that nearly three quarters reported suffering from various mental health issues, specifically within the 18 to 25 age range. And the percentage, oh, sorry, I read that wrong. Within the 18 and 25 age range, specifically, the percentage climbed to a staggering 80%, 8 out of 10. That is, it's, all, it's kind of shocking, but it's also not at the same time. Because you think about like, Think about like all the very high profile mus musician suicides. You don't yeah. necessarily seem to see that in other high profile categories, at least not as <laughs> uh, not as prevalent as it is with musicians. Not a whole lot in the bowling bowling industry, not a whole lot of suicides. Yeah. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. Right. No, I mean or, or golf or golf. <laughs> you know anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um you know what I I guess what I think about is that it seems like mental illness is, I don't know, I don't know if it's caused, it's not caused by, but it, it, people who are artistic seem to have like, they get depressed easy and I'm, I'm greatly stereotyping. 
maybe they get depressed easy. Maybe they suffer from panic. Maybe they suffer from, um, you know, some form of, of mental condition. In quote, if you're older like me, you put that in quotations. If you're younger, then you don't put it in quotations. So as I said to Blake earlier, I suffer from depression and panic. I just don't think about it. I know what it takes for me to get out of it, and I just do those things. Um, but that doesn't mean that anyone else should do what I do. It's just how I look at life. But I do yeah, think and I was telling Brian, Brian, well, that doesn't mean just because you know how to handle it, <clears throat> excuse me, doesn't mean, <clears throat> man, my voice is thrashed today. Doesn't mean that, that you're not experiencing these things. It's just a different way of looking at it. Right. You know, so. But it does seem like people who are um, really creative at there's, there's like some sort of, I don't, I, I just, I'm so hesitant to call a mental condition. There's, there's something that they suffer with that, um, you know, in some ways it might contribute to their their creativity. And for example, I don't want to name names, but I I know an artist who, um, part of part of their creative ability comes from that depression. Like that's that's how they get it out. Is they just they use that and they shove it out with their creativity. Like that's yeah, I think that's, that's very common. I'm sure it is. Yeah, but I mean. There's there's some very well known musicians, and you, I'm sure you know some as well. That that part of the reason they're so great is because they've gotten so good at kind of targeting that weak. That, uh, would you call it a weakness? I don't know if you, maybe a weakness of some sort. And the target. I, I just think it's a. I think it is just what it is. It's just a. It's a mental illness, and they're they're using music to cope with it. And yeah, I think that's super common. I I don't I don't know very many like musicians who really seriously love music that haven't done that in some way, shape or form, right. whether they used their own music or whether they used other people's music to deal with the difficult time or something. You know, I, I just think the way we talk about mental illness is changing. And I think that's good because there's always there's always this stigma attached to it. And I don't think that it's really necessarily warranted. And even even myself, I'm changing how I used to view it when I was younger I kind of just thought you know it was like oh if somebody has mental illness they're crazy that's not necessarily true like you said it's super common it's very very common uh, for people to experience these things and I think it's just a different way of talking about it and a different way of framing it you know um, I don't know well, I'm not an expert in this at all I'm yeah. very much not I'm very much out of my league at this point yeah I, I mean I'm not either I, I know like I said I know what is going on inside of me and how I deal with that on a day-to-day basis but it doesn't mean that I know anything other than how it <laughs> how I handle it you know um, right. it was also interesting that uh, where'd it go I think it was. 50%, no, there it is. Uh, 40% had said they sought out professional treatment, but more than 50% claimed they turned to self-medication like alcohol and drugs. So, which I get. But, I mean, like there, that's where I'm going to start thinking, okay, are they calling marijuana a drug, though? Because, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it a drug. I mean, I know technically it is, and especially depending on what country you're at, it is, but. I mean, it's definitely a mm, drug. Like, mm, it. You know, what's the old saying yeah. about uh, a drug is anything except food that, it, you know, impacts the way you think or do, or whatever. 
That's definitely a drug, but like it's a definitely a different category of drug. Yeah, it depends. You could heroin. call it. You could call it a food, though. You could call marijuana a food. It could be. Uh, it could be eaten. <laughs> you you can. I don't eat know. You're getting a lot of nutritional uh, sustenance well, out of well, that. Well, that's but. yeah. That's a totally different subject. You didn't say you had to get nutri- a certain type of nutrition from it. You're not getting nutrition from sugar, but that's a food. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that marijuana is definitely a drug, but whether or not it's as, uh, again, deserves the stigma that surrounds it with some people <laughs> is a totally different story. I don't know. I'll, I'm Jury's out on that one with me. But I mean, people use marijuana for lots of different things, and some of that might be to cope with some of this stuff, and I'm not saying that's a bad way to do it. I don't know. Everyone has their own way of dealing with it. I wonder if but anyone's did, ever made I do find strings. it interesting that they were citing these mental health concerns as the reason for some of the guitar community being so toxic. I don't necessarily think that that's it all the time. That seems like a stretch. I don't know. Because I feel like there's some mentally healthy people that just want to be jerks sometimes. And that <laughs> seems more, more, uh, more accurate in my experience. They're definitely are some people that get joy out of out of trolling others right out of out of being that jerk there definitely mm-hmm. is that sort of person for sure um <laughs> oh this could go sideways so many different ways oh real quick before i forget i actually was in the middle of uh, of your talk there it made me think of something why haven't we ever tried using hemp as guitar strings that is a good question you know? It might be cool. It might be cool. Very much might be cool. And plus, hemp is supposed to be super strong, right? Yes. I bet that would be a great way to get an organic tone. I don't think it'll work on an electric guitar, but on an acoustic, maybe so. Who knows? We need to talk to to uh, Scott from Stringjoy. Get him Make to some work hemp on strings. Get, get some work on those hemp strings. <laughs> I mean, it would definitely. You could definitely do it on a on an acoustic guitar. Electric, you need the the metal so the magnets work. But mm-hmm. uh, it would definitely work on an acoustic guitar. I just don't know what it would sound like. I have no idea. It's an interesting thought. Yeah. So I'm reading through this article. I thought it for a second it said that bass players don't um, don't have the same problems. But I think did, I did. Did it say that? I thought it did, but I think I just met it, misread it because it, it it said that. Bass players basically badmouth each other about gear choices like whether four, five, or six strings is right for a bass guitar. <laughs> so I've l- seen that before. A little yes. different in the bass world, I guess, while we're talking about, you know, delays and reverbs and chorus pedals and bucket brigade chips. Yeah, gear shaming is a weird thing. It is. Gotta be honest. Isn't I mean, it? I definitely do it in a tongue in cheek fashion all the time, but like, actually really care so much i mean i've definitely i've definitely experienced it before people are like no those are garbage you don't want that how could anyone ever like that and you know i just i've had so many different experiences where different gear works well for different people for instance for me ernie vault cobalt strings are for me i thought they sounded terrible when i played them absolutely shrill and awful but i've heard other people play them and the way they dial their rig in and it sounds great 
So like, there is no one answer to this. And so to, you know, somebody probably just flipped over their desk because I said that I think Ernie Ball, <laughs> Ball, Cobalt strings aren't very good. Ernie Ball makes a bunch of stuff that's great. I just don't think that the Cobalt strings are one of them. In my experience, they haven't been that great. But others have different experiences. And so to like sit here and say everyone that plays those strings is a moron is is really a strange uh, stance to take. I don't know why anyone would take that with anything. All of this is so subjective. It is, yeah. Yeah, There's a, it goes down further in the article. This is EDM is completely the opposite. It accepts anything and everything, like hip-hop and the rise of sampling. It embraces creativity. And, and their point there is 2020 needs to be an anything goes, let's just accept each other. Everybody love everybody. That's uh that's my Will Ferrell thing. No, I, I'm doing a terrible Will Ferrell impersonation. <laughs> but I mean, I'm into that. I, I am not part of the EDM community. I have a hard time believing that they're down with whatever, whenever and that there aren't trolls in it. I'm just reading the article. I mean, that's what Guitar World, I think, is saying as I'm reading through this, at least in that particular paragraph. I don't know. I don't don't really go to EDM forums personally. I don't either. I just would have a hard time believing anywhere that there's a mass gathering of people that there wouldn't be some level of trolling. But maybe that's just because I've been in the guitar world for so long. Maybe, Maybe this is weird. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess ultimately I would say it's probably in all of our best interest to kind of be a little more accepting of others, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Unless unless it's somebody who has a really nice guitar or piece of gear that you want and you like, if I can talk them out of quitting, I can buy it cheap. That's different. Don't do that. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I know. I kid, I kid, I kid. Uh, let's see. Other than that, uh, I saw that there was new... Let me get to my email real quick. There are new guitar effects pedal companies this this week. Oh? Do you follow uh, the effect database by chance? I do, but thanks to you know the wonderful algorithm, it doesn't always show me all their posts. Oh, we'll see. Go and check in on them once in a while. See, I get their email every week. 11 new brands this week. So let's give a shout out to them. All right. ALH Effects, Azore, A Z O R, B Madness Custom Devices, Black Mass Electronics, CK Audio, Cole Music Company, Lonesome Machines. I'm going to butcher this name. Maru Khan, M I R E U Khan. All right. Uh, Peppers Pedals, Siren Pedals, and Xander Electronics. Um, I'm familiar with a few of those, and a few of them have been around for a while. So Cole is so. new new to the pedal game, but not new to the guitar world. Saul Cole is a builder here in Portland that makes amazing guitars, and they just came out with an overdrive pedal here, I think around Nam. Um. Pepper's pedals, I've definitely heard of before, but I'm not 100% sure what they make. And then Xander, Xander's been around for a little while. I was going to say, I in thought fact, I've he, seen he Xander. Was on, he was on my podcast. Yeah, I thought I'd seen them around, but that's what it says. I'm just reporting the news. Well, they're just new to the database, probably. That would make some sense. 
Damn you! Or maybe they logic. came out with a new pedal that was added to the database. No, no. maybe that's what it no, is. No, because there's a new category called. Well, there's a category called two new effects, or, or well, it's the new effect category, and there was two new effects last week: the GIS treble bass booster and the Randall envelope generator. The Randall envelope generator. Mm-hmm. Sounds like fun. Um, maybe I don't think it's an overdrive though. <laughs> <laughs> it looks cool. Brian, you're supposed to be open and accepting. <laughs> it does look, it's got like this 70s kind of look. It's kind of cool looking. I dig it. I'm in. I'm into it. Well, that's cool. That could be a, an interesting segment occasionally. So go check out those brands. They might be rad. I don't know most of them though, so I can't say whether I think they're rad or not. But they probably are because I love pedals. So, yeah. Now, if I was starting, I had I did have a question someone had sent recently that said um, they wanted to know what we would do differently. Not sorry, that's phrased wrong. They wondered what if if you or I or you and I either one were st- were to start an effects company today, if our opinions on that would would have changed from the last time we talked about it, I think maybe a year ago. So I like to me, it's like it's still all basically the same stuff that we talked about last time, which is put out a lot of content, create things that people like, and work, 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 work. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I'm kind of doing that right now. So, (laughs) I've been working on it for a while, but it's just, yeah, it is all about just, it's all about content at the end of the day. That's just what it is, and it has been for years. You know, follow follow Gary V and do the stuff that he says yeah. and do it all the time. That's the other thing. You got to do it all the time. And don't expect to like put out one episode every month and, you know, don't get upset when it only gets a few downloads because that's I promise you, that's what happens right. for a while. It, but it takes forever. We're almost at 300 episodes and we are by far not the biggest music podcast on the Internet. <laughs> Nowhere near it. So. so- it's consistent content over a long period of time, and that's you, how you get people to be interested in the things that you're doing. And I, you know, I'm doing that independently of this, and I'm doing it. Uh, I'm helping others do it. That's that was a question we got this week on the Chasing Tone uh, Facebook page. Was I uh, can't remember who asked it, but it was like, "Does Blake have a real job?" Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, and I kind of had to just lay out all of the things that I do because I understand that it. It might seem like I'm just a guy who talks to Brian once a week. But <laughs> I'm here to tell more, you that doesn't pay that great. Right. It's a little more involved than that. <laughs> there's, yeah. more, there's more that happens. Yeah. Um, oh, before I forget, I want to make sure I, I mention this person's name. Che, I think it's Chepe, che, again, I'm horrible at names. Chepe Enriquez. C-H-E-P-E. He's the, he's the one that asked this question. Um, and specifically, it was what, I, what we just said. Uh, what advice would you give to someone that is starting a new pedal company in the year 2020? Yeah. Specifically what I would do, like if I was going to give you my action plan that I personally am trying to implement. Throw down your action plan, marketing man. This is what I would do. I would A, make sure that the product that you are making is truly bringing something new to the table in some way, shape, or form. Because a three-knob overdrive, with very few exceptions in 2020, is going to be very difficult to gain you know, gain traction with. It just is. There are so many really, really awesome three-knob overdrives that have existed for years. I'm not saying it's impossible, 
There's definitely exceptions to the rule, but it's very difficult to gain traction with. So try to try to bring something unique to the table. Try to create content consistently around that product and around your brand, much like what Brian does, much like what Josh Scott does. Those you two, in my estimation, doing the best job with that out of just about everybody in the pedal game. Earthquaker does as well, but they do it a little bit differently. They do it differently, yeah. Yeah. But it's um, unique. To, it's authentic to them, though. It's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And they highlight a lot of artists and stuff that use their, their products. And I don't know, they do a great job, too. It's just a little bit different angle on the content game. But if you look at all of those companies, they're all, they're all focused very heavily on content because that is the name of the game. So without getting into like high le- or like deep into tactics and stuff, cause that doesn't really matter that much till you have the whole game plan laid out. That is what I would do. Create something unique, create a unique brand identity and find a way to create content for people all the time. <laughs> yep. Like all the time, all the time. I mean, and roughly that's that's kind of what we've said. We've had this discussion for the past several years now, what, three or four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's marketing doesn't change that much. It's just tactically things change a little bit. So, you know, four years ago, you probably wouldn't even mention TikTok because it wasn't around. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you may have exactly. mentioned Vine, you know? And so like like tactically you're not going to do much on vine these days but you're probably going to do more on tiktok i'm going to do a lot on tiktok youtube is the number two search engine in the entire world you know i mean i am just i mean realistically i've been doing things here and there on youtube for a long time realistically i'm just getting started on it and you know now that i'm actually putting in a little bit of effort it's like oh uh, yes, it's 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 already working. Like I still have a very 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 small channel, but I can see where things are coming from. You know, right? Like you you have to put effort into each platform, and you have to tailor your content for the platforms. That's the other thing that I've found is look at what works. Like test things, do different things. Don't be afraid if a post doesn't do well. Oh well, who cares? Like it doesn't matter if it doesn't do well you now know that that kind of post at this time does not do that well. So make a different kind of post next time, like, and see what it does. You got to always be testing again. Go, go follow Gary. He does. He like tells everyone what they need to do. Vaynerchuk. <laughs> yeah. Gary V at Gary V. He, he tells everyone what you need to do. You just kind of have to listen to what he <laughs> says. Cause he's testing things for us all the time. There's, there's so many times that I've been emailed some sort of question along those lines. I'm like, let me just like the easiest way for me to explain this to you is to start here and watch every one of those videos. <laughs> just start there and mm-hmm. don't stop until you've consumed everything. Eventually at some point you're like, ah, he keeps repeating himself. Yep. He does because it's pretty, the, the ideas are that simple. The implementation might be a little bit harder. But, some, you know, marketing is marketing is marketing. Yeah. Well, we talk a lot about, like, the algorithms and all that stuff. And, yeah. and that does play into it. But that's not the point. Like, you got to think how lucky, lucky we are. We, we always talk about, like, Facebook doesn't really get you much. But think, just think about Facebook for a second. You can go and post something on Facebook, for most people, on your personal page. And, you know you have, probably have at least 20 people at very least 
you know, that are connected to you on there if you use it on a regular basis. And a large portion of those are going to see your post. Like if you have more like a hundred or a thousand or whatever, there's still a large portion of those people that are going to see that post. At what other time than now could you go get a message out immediately to a bunch of people? Like, <laughs> like you couldn't do that in the nineties. You couldn't just be like, well, I'm in business now. <laughs> Um, yeah, I remember one of my first businesses, I was, um, <laughs> I had a little brochure. I would go door to door and put them between like the door jam and the door. It's just little mm -hmm. brochures. Um, what was I doing at that time? I did that for several different businesses. One was for, um, when I was really young, I did that for a company called AAA, which is kind of like tow truck services or, or it was at that time anyways. And then I did that whenever I was um, getting my start in the construction world or home improvement world, I should say. Just we would do a job somewhere and I'd walk the entire neighborhood and put out little brochures on each door. Mm -hmm. So, and now we just use Facebook. Yeah. A lot easier. Instagram, all that Instagram. stuff. So for as much as we complain about those platforms, they're actually pretty amazing from that perspective. So. I don't know if we, I don't know, like, I didn't want to get into the nitty gritty because that's, you well, know, that's <laughs> difficult. Like, you need to get the big picture first. Right. For for the nitty gritty, that's what you charge consulting services for. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I do the same thing. I'll give out circuit advice, but if you want details, there's a charge for that stuff. <laughs> that is how I pay the bills. So right. I do have a real job and that's what it involves is helping people do that yep so. yep yep we do a lot of engineering for a lot of companies so i understand mm -hmm. all right well that's a good place to end this week's podcast we think you feel good like it was a strong one it was you an know? interesting one it, it was, was a weird one that's it was, it was. I, I didn't oh, think it was that one thing weird. real Maybe. quick before we yeah. before we go um sure. well i don't know if he wants his name out there well but i'll just say his name's mike that's pretty general okay uh the guy who sent you shoes. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. He heard the episode where I was like, I want to get to the employee store. And he's <laughs> like, Blake, come on down to the employee store. So we're in the middle of figuring that out right now. So oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. We're, I'm going to meet up with him at some point, uh, pretty soon. And I'm hoping I can get myself a pair of, maybe a nice pair of Jordans. Ugh, I really want some Jordan ones. Well, see, he was, he was smart about it. Like this is, I hate this term and I think everybody does, but like influencer marketing, I, I don't think, I wonder if, I wonder if he realized how many times whenever I was at NAM, I was going to talk about those shoes that I got <laughs> from him, you, you know, cause I was wearing them and, and people would come up and ask like, are those the shoes? I'm like, these are them. This, this is fantastic. <laughs> like it was great. I, I, I mean, you got some good advertising out of that. <laughs> yeah. Here we are talking about it again. Here we are. So yeah, I'm going to meet up with him and uh, see about uh, getting some coffee or something and nerding out for a little bit. And then, yeah, he's like, oh, I can get you in the employee store. I'm like, sweet. Well, give, sweet. give him like a, a elbow a elbow touch for me. Not a handshake because you don't want the beer virus. That's right. Elbow touch. <laughs> All right, everybody. I think that's probably it. We'll see you later. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Chasing Tone Podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at wamplapedals.com, and I'll personally get your email. If you like this podcast, make sure to share it with those around you uh, who like gear-based podcasts. That's really, if you want want to help support our show, that's the best thing you can do. It really is. Appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.